Hello again and welcome back to the DBT Book Club podcast. This is Kate and I'm going to be reading again from chapter 6 from pages 142 until 145. I apologize for the sound quality of my last recording. Um, I thought I had the microphone switched on to my little USB mic that I'm using right now, but I didn't. I just had it on my laptop sound, which isn't uh, the best. (laughs) So hopefully today's will be uh, a little bit nicer. So, starting from page 142, we're going to be reading a bit about uh, a guide to sleep hygiene as well as an exercise for recognizing your self-destructive behaviors. So from page 142, Guide to Sleep Hygiene. Proper sleep habits are essential for any healthy lifestyle. Use the following suggestions if you have trouble falling asleep or staying asleep. Avoid caffeine for at least six hours before going to sleep. Avoid alcohol, nicotine and street drugs before going to sleep and throughout the night. Avoid bright lights, including television, before going to sleep because they are stimulating. Don't exercise or eat a heavy meal shortly before going to sleep. Avoid napping during the day because it will make you less tired at night. Make your bedroom as comfortable as possible. Keep the temperature at a cool, comfortable level. Keep your room as dark as possible. Use a sleep mask if you need one. And minimize as much noise as possible. Use earplugs if you need them. Only use your bed for sleeping and sexual activity, not for working, reading, or watching television. This way, your body will associate your bed with sleep and not with activity. If you have trouble falling asleep, or if you wake up in the middle of the night and can't fall back to sleep, get out of bed and do something soothing until you feel tired enough to go back to sleep. Don't lie in bed thinking about things. This will just make you feel more aggravated and make it harder to get back to sleep. Go to bed at the same time every night and wake up at the same time every morning. Create a regular pattern of sleeping and waking that your body can predict. Use some kind of relaxation method before going to sleep in order to calm your body and mind. Take a bath, meditate, pray, write down your thoughts, use relaxation skills, and so on. Use some kind of relaxation method before going to sleep in order to calm your body and mind. Take a bath. Meditate, pray, write down your thoughts, use relaxation skills, and so on. If your sleep problems persist, 
if you can't stay awake during the day or if you're feeling depressed, contact a medical professional for advice. Sleep hygiene is something that I really like to get into. Um, this list, obviously, um, everything isn't going to work for everyone. Um, find the things that help the most and obviously you don't have to do every single dot point that can be um, quite challenging uh, myself I make sure I don't have any caffeine after 4 p.m. Um, so I usually have a coffee in the morning um, and often a green tea sometime in the afternoon but um, after 4 p.m. I only have herbal teas that I make sure don't have caffeine in them uh, I also have a blue light uh, blocker on my phone and other devices. Um, apparently blue light uh, wakes your brain up a little bit more. I'm not entirely sure of the validity of those claims, but yep. Um, I do find that exercising at night time can help me a little bit, kind of like exhaust myself. Um, if I'm feeling particularly anxious, but not, you know, immediately before going to sleep. Um, but yeah, many of these things I do do myself. I have a lot of trouble sleeping and medications that I have taken in the past seem to give me a bit of a hangover in the morning um, and I find it very difficult to get up. So um, I do try to prefer to do what I can naturally to get a good sleep, but Honestly, I still wake up like five or six times in the night. I honestly thought that was how people slept. I wasn't aware that people went to bed at night and woke up in the morning and that was the only time that they were awake. That's just such such a foreign concept to me. But, um, you know, I kind of um, get used to what my normal is, which is waking up about three times more than that then you know it does start to take a bit of a toll on me um, less than that is like miracle <laughs> but um, as you notice not all of these you're going to be able to do um, especially say if you work late hours or overnight shifts um, or if you're in a living space where you don't have complete control over your surroundings so choose the ones that you're able to do and the ones that you're able to have control over and see what works for you. Right, continuing on on page 143. Physical tension and stress. If you experience physical tension on a regular basis, you also probably feel emotionally stressed out, anxious and drained or irritated. Muscle tension like an illness, directly affects your emotions. Similarly, if you feel anxious, your emotions can often lead to muscle tension, especially in the neck and shoulders, as well as stomach ailments and skin problems. Yep, that's definitely for me. My anxiety definitely comes out uh, as both nausea, um, which in turn affects my anxiety because I get anxiety about feeling sick um, or being sick so that kind of plays into it um, and I do have a couple of 
mild skin issues just like rosacea and um i can't remember what it's called but it's like a dry skin rash that comes up every now and then usually linked to stress i've got shingles in the past from stress as well so yep definitely true for me there are many situations in modern life that can make you feel physically tensed and stressed long working hours a job you don't like commuting to work difficult relationships a demanding family schedule what's happening in the world news politics and so on as a result it's very important that you find healthy ways to cope with tension and stress so that they don't lead to further illness many good coping skills are found in this book in the mindfulness and distress tolerance chapters the mindful breathing exercise is very effective for helping you relax as are many of the self-soothing exercises go back to those chapters if you need to to find exercises that work for you in the space below record any thoughts you have about how your physical tension and stress affect how you feel and then write at least two ways you can cope with your stress and tension in order to feel better so here it's got a couple of um, prompts and then blank spaces for you if you have the book or a pdf copy of the book um, you can write them down there if you are um, writing reading along right now or um, you can do this at a later date otherwise you can take some time to have a think about them um, just now so my tension and stress affect how I feel because and I can treat my tension and stress by and think of two examples this next section is an exercise for recognizing your self-destructive behaviors now that you've learned about different forms of self-destructive behaviors and physical vulnerabilities make photocopies of the following recognizing your self-destructive behaviors worksheet to observe your own self-harming actions for the next two weeks this worksheet is very similar to the recognizing your emotions worksheet found earlier in this chapter however this exercise asks you to observe your self-destructive behaviors and then to identify what the emotional rewards were for your behavior and why those rewards were only temporary use the following example worksheet to help you so over the next two pages um, again very familiar kind of layout it's got a table for an example recognizing your self-destructive behaviors worksheet and then the page following that is a blank sheet so again if you are following along um, you can fill that out if you have a physical copy um, if you don't you can think of them but I will remind you it was only just a couple of recordings ago that we did those 
other worksheets, the Recognising Your Emotions worksheets and um, the other one that I can't remember the name of right now. Um, they also suggested you do those for a week or two. So I would recommend that you complete doing those before you actually throw yourself into this one. But again, as always, it's good to read ahead and know what's kind of coming up. So um, you can always come back to this when you're ready to start this, but make sure you are giving yourself ample time to do those exercises. So here is the example recognizing your self-destructive behaviors worksheet. It has two columns with the left side column labeled questions and the right side column labeled your responses. So I'm going to read out the questions and the example responses. When did the situation happen? Tonight. What happened? Describe the event. My girlfriend and I got into a fight. I asked her to come over, but she said she was too busy. Then I told her I didn't know what I would do to myself if she didn't come over. So she did. Why do you think that situation happened? Identify the causes. She's selfish sometimes, but I also know she's tired when she gets home from work. She's also studying for some classes she's taking. We were both in bad moods. How did that situation make you feel, both emotionally and physically? Try to identify both the primary emotions and the secondary emotions. Primary emotions, anger. Secondary emotions, hopeless, annoyed, afraid that you might leave me. Physical sensations, my face became hot, my hands clenched. What did you want to do as a result of how you felt? What were your urges? I wanted to scream at her and tell her how selfish she is. I also thought about scarring my arm like I've done in the past. What did you do and say? What self-destructive behaviours did you engage in as a result of how you felt? I told her she had to come over if she really loved me or I didn't know what I would do. Then I hung up the phone without waiting for her to reply. I went in the kitchen and ate a half gallon of ice cream while I waited for her to come over and I didn't sleep all night. What was the emotional reward for your self-destructive behaviour? Identify how the emotional reward was temporary. By manipulating her, I got her to come over, which made me feel good. But when she came over, we fought. The ice cream also made me feel good for a little while, but I've been putting on too much weight lately, which makes me feel guilty. Not sleeping another night just made me feel worse the next morning. So again, you can see how that's very similar to one of the last exercises we did. It's just got a couple of extra more in-depth questions. So it's got another blank um, sheet of this, a blank recognizing your destructive behaviors worksheet. 
Again, it is set up in a, a table kind of format, but you can just list the questions and answer them um, in a notebook or in a notes app or something like that. So again, the questions are, when did the situation happen? What happened? Describe the event. Why do you think that situation happened? Identify the causes. How did that situation make you feel, both emotionally and physically? Try to identify both the primary emotions and the secondary emotions. So it's got a space in your response column for primary emotions, secondary emotions, and physical sensations. What did you want to do as a result of how you felt? What were your urges? What did you do and say? What self-destructive behaviours did you engage in as a result of how you felt? What was the emotional reward for your self-destructive behaviour? Identify how the emotional reward was temporary. That is the end of page 145, and that's all I will be reading for this session. Um, we will continue on with chapter 6. I think there's two more sections to be read out. Um, and then we will move on to chapter 7, which is Advanced Emotion Regulation Skills. So uh, continuing on and expanding the same kind of things that we have been doing here. But until then, I hope you have a good day or evening or night, wherever you are, whatever time it is. And we'll see you back later.